Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. We can make do with living in chronic overwhelm, constantly being hurried late, in crisis even. We can make do with intense adversity and we adjust to it being normal. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. It's amazing how human beings can live in any climate in the world, learn to cope with physical discomfort on a daily basis, and go through the day in a constant state of overwhelm. And quite often, we do. Adaptability is undeniably one of our greatest strengths as animals on this planet Earth. But there's a shadow side to that, because we tend to normalize even those things that are against our self-interest. How this shadow side works against you is the subject of the podcast today. And hey, listen up, we've got a brand new live course starting soon, and it's a good one, so I don't want you to miss out. It's called The Art of Self-Management, How to Make Work Not Suck. If you're sick and tired of slogging through the week working for the man and feeling like you never make any real progress, then chances are this course could literally change your whole outlook on life. I'm not exaggerating, because let's face it, for most people, work really does suck a lot of the time, right? But it doesn't have to. In this 11-week live course, I'll show you how to get your nagging boss off your back, how to nix your self-sabotaging ways, and how to start using your job to become the envy of all your friends and family. Like, really and truly change the way you relate to work so that you never again feel like you're stuck in the rat race. Sound impossible? Sign up for the course, and I'll prove to you that it's not. The course officially begins on September 6, 2018, but if you sign up before September 3rd, you can take advantage of early bird pricing, a full 50% discount for the live course, weekly live coaching calls, and access to the private Slack group for students, not to mention a few special bonuses that you'll find out about. So don't wait. Sign up before the 3rd. After that, the price goes up, and paying extra would totally suck. You can find out more at clearandopen.com work dash sucks dash course. And now on with the show. We talk about the weather. Normally when people talk about the weather, they're talking about nothing. But I want to talk about the weather and talk about something that could be incredibly significant for you. So I'm going to talk for a while about this topic. And I want to invite you to here. Here. All right, hold on a second. We're going to take a moment. Margarita, why are you late? Uh, I was grabbing my coffee. So what was the actual choice you made made wherein you decided (laughs) to be late? Well, actually, I went to grab a break because since I come and grab my coffee and ran over here. So what, what exactly was the choice that you made that caused you to be late? Grab my coffee. Go grab my coffee. In that moment, did you know that choosing to get that coffee would cause you to be late? What was the choice prior to that that you made that caused you to make it so that grabbing coffee would cause you to be late? 
Well, the other thing was I was trying to log in and I forgot my ID number. So I had to go back to my desk and grab it because I'm using someone else's computer. Okay. So there was a choice there that you made a long time ago to keep a password in your head. So that was a choice you made that caused you to be late. What other choices? I chose my coffee before the conference. I mean, we already covered that one. We're going backwards. See, look at all the factors, all the choices that you made that caused you to be late. Um, I was talking to Sean too. Stopped. I stopped and talked to my manager in regards of a manager that's not here, that's supposed to be here. Did you know that doing that would ultimately cause you to be late? You did? I did. Okay. And so, and, and why did you decide to do that? Because I was coming from the back looking for him and I texted him and realized that he's not here. So I had to go in and communicate this to management that he's not here because he was looking for him. And that couldn't have waited? It could have, but now, now that we know why he's not here and it couldn't wait because it's based on what customers bring in, if we can have specials or not for that day. So okay. I knew it was going to cost something. Okay. All right. So, and then, so you didn't have enough time to talk to Sean to fully get the message across and not make yourself late, right? Yeah, I just told him really fast. But it still wasn't enough time. So what choice did you make before that that made it so that you didn't have enough time to talk to him without making yourself late? The wrong choice. What choice? Doing, I took priority on doing something else than coming here. Are you asking me? No, no, no. I'm letting you know I did that. No, you that that had the tone of a question. Other people in the room. Well, I, had, I did priority before the conference. In other words, you're saying there was no way you could have been on time. That's the argument you're now making. Because you made a reasonable prioritization as if that were conscious. But is that actually true that you made a conscious prioritization? I should have waited. I should have just waited after the conference to go and grab my break, probably. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true. We're still not at going back enough choices to see how you actually made your entire morning slash beginning of your afternoon squeezy. How many of your days are squeezy like that? Most of them, yeah? Most of them. So how do you do that? Is, it, is the squeeziness in the day or is it in your choices? In my choices. Do you know what those choices are yet? The wrong ones. That's, not, that's, that's a clever evaluation, but it serves as a deflection. I appreciate the ownership of it. But it serves as a deflection rather than actually looking at, okay, exactly how do I make choices that produce this consistent result? Look at every part of your day up till right now and ask yourself, each choice, each movement, each decision to do stuff, how did you make it so that the result was chronic overwhelm? You don't have to answer now. It might take some time for you to do. What I'm saying is that's your assignment. Okay. That's, that's the work. 
That's how you get out of chronic overwhelm by looking at how you create it. So this is actually, I appreciate your willingness to be put on the spot here. You're doing it very well and laughing and smiling and that's good. But this is a perfect entree into what I want to talk about. So we're going to come back to that, that topic. But I was talking about the weather. It's cold here on Maui. 60 degrees. Right. And then that cue the laugh track, right? And so I'm laughing to myself. My hands are cold. My feet are cold. Like I have a mental block to putting on the clothing that I really should be wearing. I'm still not wearing socks and I really ought to be. Because there's just something in me. It's like, I can't wear socks. You don't wear socks. Socks, that's like for your gym shoes. You know, you don't wear socks here. And I laugh to myself about this because it's a hallmark of human adaptability, right? There's a joke in Hawaii that you learn the difference between 82 degrees Fahrenheit and 87 degrees Fahrenheit. Because in a lot of part of the, a lot of the island, 82 is the average winter high and 87 is the average summer high. And it's actually true. You, you, know, you feel it. And in many other climates, you wouldn't notice a difference of four or five degrees, but here you do. And so room temperature is 68 degrees Fahrenheit, right? That's somehow the objective temperature of a room, right? Someone determined that somewhere. But in Hawaii, 68 is not room temperature. 68 is like a cold overnight low. The typical room temperature is, you know, in, in low 80s. And so 70 anything no longer feels warm to me. That's just what happens to you when you live here. That's a crazy thing. You think about that. It's when 70 something doesn't feel warm, it feels like a little bit chilly, like a fall day. And it's 70 something. How is this possible? This is possible because one of the greatest strengths that human beings have as an animal is adaptability. We can live in any climate in the world and do. What other animal does that? Nothing. We can make do with living in chronic overwhelm, constantly being hurried late, in crisis even. We can make do with intense adversity and we adjust to it being normal, right? My room temperature, my normal room temperature is 80 degrees and anything colder than that feels uncomfortable. Probably if I lived in, you know, Alaska, my normal room temperature might be 64. We're incredibly adaptable. The, sh- the shadow side of that adaptability is that we can make normal something that is against our self-interests. We can make normal something that is against our self-interests. So I was thinking about this topic this morning and thinking about the political climate we're in right now, where there's a lot of concern about certain things becoming normal. That's part of the discourse these days. This isn't normal. A resistance to the uh, school shootings have become normal, right? I mean, sort of on the edge, but we're not as surprised when they happen as Columbine, 
right? When that happened, it was really new, really outrageous. And so part of what was effective about the protests in Florida recently is it was coming from a place of, we're not going to just send thoughts and prayers and let this go. This isn't going to be normal. We're going to demonstrate. Because if you demonstrate about something, by definition, you're saying this isn't normal. And this really, if you look in the history of human beings, is how change often happens. It's when a group of people say, hey, this thing that's been normal for a while, the colonies being run by the British taxation without representation, I know this has been normal, but it's not okay with us anymore. We're going to change it. So there's something about change that begins with a rejection of a normal. That's every, the, the creation of every world religion was always a rejection of an, an existing normal. Christianity rejected Judaism. Buddhism rejected Hinduism. Islam rejected the polytheistic tribal beliefs that uh, were going on in what's now Saudi Arabia. They were all against what was normal. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, JFK, Abraham Lincoln. These were all pioneers who said, this thing that's normal, that's not okay with me. I don't want that to be the normal. And here's why. And then look at how much fighting and how much time it takes for people to accept the new normal, even when it's in their best interests. So when you think about the incredible reaction that so much of the population had to a half-white president, why he's talked about as being black, right, is just really interesting, right? Because you could say, well, he's black. You could, he's just as white as he is black. So why did we call him a black president, right? It's half, but he's a black president. He's the first black president. Well, he's the first half-white president. You could say that too, or you could just not say anything at all, right? But for eight years, there was a half-white, half-black president, and that scared people so much because it was different because it was different. Now, most of the people who were wearing hats that said, make America great again, I don't think are consciously racist. They just know something different happened and it made them uncomfortable. There was an interview that This American Life did with Pat Buchanan, the Christian semi-political leader from, uh, he ran for president a while back against, I don't remember who, but uh, Ira Glass interviewed him because the the amazing thing was that he Trump ran on basically Pat Buchanan's platform from like ten or fifteen years ago. Isolationist, anti-immigration, building walls—it's like with ninety percent the same. So Ira Glass, as a journalist, decided to go track down the retired Pat Buchanan and say, "So what do you think?" You know. Donald Trump won on basically your platform. Are there any like hard feelings? Does like does that sting? Which was a really interesting interview. And at one point, Glass said, "Well, like make the case." Basically, uh, Buchanan sort of started to slip into racist territory, and and said, um, "You know, 
why why he wanted a whiter America, why why he was so against immigration. And and Paraguay said, so like make the case, like why why is less immigration in, in a whiter America better? Make the case. Why why is that better? And this is what he said. I'm just I'm paraphrasing only a little bit. He basically said, well, I guess you're just more comfortable around the people that you grew up with. That was his case. Guy who ran for president had you know millions of followers. That was the best case you could come up with. And that is the best case you can come up with because it's the only real case there is. That's because that's what's actually driving that kind of behavior. So in one way, there's no such thing as racism. Racism is an expression. But the essence of it is a fear of change. It's just, ah, that's different. Yes, it is. You've never seen that color person before, or you didn't grow up with people of that color. It's just change. It's just, whoa, this is a room temperature I'm not used to. This is uncomfortable. I'd like it to be different. Let's make it great again. That's all it is. So the slogan, make America great again, tapped into a semi-conscious or unconscious feeling that people had of deep and profound discomfort that went over eight years while the president was only half white. Imagine if he was all black. (laughs) <laughs> and, and darker skin, right? There probably would have been riots in the streets. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.